This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, and war Oh, and war Come on, Phil. Wake up, Phil. <laughs> oh, one of the bells are fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast for a end-of-year Christmas special. I'm David Michael, your host. Joining me, it's a full house uh, for this end-of-year spectacular. First of all, somebody who's been called the Tom Ford and Carl Lagerfeld of Villa Christmas Jumpers, Mr. Dan Rogers, welcome. Hello, everyone. I'm in charge of instruments for this Christmas special. It's Dan, the band leader. <laughs> Welcome. It's a delight to be back. Mr. Phil Shaw, who's on Bells today, uh, also uh, writes the Good, Bad and Ugly column. Welcome, Phil. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> My instrument's better than yours. Nice, nice subtle <laughs> bellage there. And last but not least, the man that uh, is mainly responsible for us getting uh, an explicit rating, uh, alienating uh, a potential family audience, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome back. Hello, how you doing? Right, what have we got in stall for uh, listeners? There's going to be a few uh, old My Own Man Said favourites popping up. Uh, we'll do the five reasons to be cheerful for 2021. We'll look back at the ghost of Christmas past that was the year 2020. We'll do a villa year in a villa minute. 
Phil will give us a good, bad and ugly for 2020 as well. Then we'll get into uh, what, I suppose, some kind of award ceremony. There'll be uh, the headliner, which will go throughout the show, will be the top five players of the year that aren't Jack Grealish. There'll also be uh, a out- special Outstanding Contribution Award of the year 2020. We'll also look at Jack Grealish's top three COVID lockdown faux pas, as well as numerous other ditties like top VAR moments, best pieces of uh, Villa business in and out, best slims moments, etc., etc. But I think we should start off by uh, setting the uh, the year that was 2020 in some kind of context. So I think we need a uh, a villa year in a villa minute. Do you think you can do this, Chris? Normally it's a villa week in a villa minute. This is seriously condemned. This is like a Christmas miracle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or it's the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> Right. I need to boot up the stopwatch. Ready when you are. You've got to count me in, haven't you? All right, I'll count you in. No problem. Right, ready? Three, two, one. 2020 starts with key wins against Burnley and Watford, but with season-ending injuries to Heaton and Big Wes. Meanwhile, our favourite son Trezeguet's injury-time winner sends Villa to Wembley. 2020 hope turns sour. Engels has brain fart against Spurs. Villa lose the cup final to City and implode against Foxes. Villa sink into bottom three. Global COVID pandemic strikes. Will the season be cancelled or decided on PPG? Either way, Villa drop. Project restart means Villa have a potential relegation exit plan. Nobody has turned on Hawkeye as Nealon's blushes are spared. Villa restart with a blades point. Defeats follow and it looks like the championship for the Villa, who are seven points adrift in the bottom three with four to play. Trezeguet fills in for Grealish as Villa's saviour. His goals inspire big wins via Palace and Arsenal. Villa stay up in dramatic fashion on the last day. Hat tips to Grealish and Watford sacking Nigel Pearson. Another summer of big spending, including a surprise Barkley loan deal. Villa kick off season with four wins, their best start in decades, including dismantling the Premier League and World Champions Liverpool 7-2. Title winning talk is subdued as Villa wobble with three home defeats. Away wins at the Emirates and Molyneux brush away fans' concerns. Villa look a potential top-half team going into 2021. Optimism is back at Villa Park for the first time in a decade. Anything else? Merry fucking Christmas. Up the Villa. Oh, but oh, now drinking his, his, drink, his drink and his protein drink, <laughs> his recovery shake. <laughs> I've got a sweat on. Right then, let's get into the first of the uh, top five players of 2020 that aren't Jack Grealish. These were voted on by uh, Match Club members and our good selves. Coming in at number five, Mr. Ollie Watkins. Any surprises there? No, I think he started well. If only he could take a penalty. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Joking. I'm joking. <laughs> a penalty that mattered anyway. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I think yeah. I think the fact you can see now the future for Villa and the dimension that he brings, and you know, even the Wolves game where you know that was a bit of a bitty game, and uh, whereas players would have been isolated normally, he's an out, he, he's he was an always alive, wasn't he? He was always a game yeah. like. You know, yeah. Well, compared to Samata, who you'd question whether he had a pulse, so yeah, he's definitely alive. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, it's a fair shout that he would be in the uh, the top five of 2020, even though he is a new signing. Well, I mean, he's six six goals and an assist already. So can and it includes, includes a perfect hat trick. When was the last time yeah. we had that? I mean, an absolute bargain as well. Let's be honest. Anyway, let's move this yeah, along. That, that, was, that was our initial concerns. Was the price? Well, our initial concerns with Brentford had pulled our trousers down, basically. Yeah. But at the moment, you can see already that uh, actually, you know, in terms of today's market, it might not be uh, such a bad deal after all. 
So moving on, right, speaking of splashing the cash on players, best pieces of business uh, in and out in terms of 2020. Talk about in. Phil, what's struck your uh, fancy as uh, Villa's best piece of business? Because, you know, there's been quite a lot. And we, we're talking about January 20 and the summer window as well. Well, best piece of business I can see in is Martinez coming in for Arsenal. And that's because it's one of those... You were, there was a rumour that Villa were interested in him, but there was still a bit of um, the season to go. And you saw him... He won the charity shield for Arsenal, and you thought, oh, look, at the, look at the performance he put in there. Arsenal are never going to be stupid enough to let him go. FA Cup as well. Yeah, but you just thought, oh, Arsenal Arsenal can't be that. What do you mean, yeah? It's like <laughs> FA Cup's bigger than the charity shield. Uh-huh. It's like... <laughs> Not in Belfast, it's not. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. No, but just you, you just thought to yourself, Arsenal couldn't be as stupid as to let him go, but time has proven us wrong, and we can see that Arsenal are very stupid now. <laughs> yeah, yeah looking, looking like relegation at uh, the old Arsenal. Uh, for me, I, I, I think a lot of these uh, signings in this summer, I mean the January window, let's just forget about that, because I think... Villa had a plan for January, and then suddenly when Wesley and uh, Tom Heaton got injured, it was like, shit, we've got to plug some holes here or else we are in serious problems. Unfortunately, uh, they they kind of use like paper mache to plug the holes. (laughs) (laughs) Because is it Baston, Drinkwater? Samata. And... Samata, Pepe Reina was probably the uh, the pick of the bunch in terms of actually being useful. He had his moments. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, against Leicester. (laughs) He's like a walkabout, doesn't he? He kind of went walkabout against Leicester, and but uh, but at the same time he still had the, he gave us a bit of experience and uh, was part of the reorganisation of that defence. I think Project Restart. He was. Uh, mm, I'd agree with that. Yeah, he was he was reasonable, and you, you know you got to uh, pat him on the back. I think, and he played a part in keeping us up, no doubt. Well, when he when he got in in the last five games of Project Restart, half of Project Restart he got back in. Yeah, no, sorry, good point as well. And he had COVID as well, did he not? One of, one of the early COVID adopters. I think so, yeah, he did, didn't he? In terms of order, what would you say? Because we've mentioned Watkins. I think he has to be there in, let, let's say, the top three. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd give Watkins the uh, the bronze medal. Who would you give silver to? I mean, this is the thing. It's like with Martinez, you've got that long-termness. Yeah. Uh, but you you got Heaton, but I think we needed desperately another first-choice keeper. I want two first-choice keepers to be battling for that spot, not like a... a a Jed Steer filling in if yeah you know if the keeper gets injured you've suddenly got a weakness in our case once they're both fit if one of them gets injured we haven't got a weakness there but I think Ross Barkley just took us to another level yes. and expectations rose dramatically and it was kind of an unexpected piece of business so I'm 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 going to go for that as my number one just for the year 2020. I mean, Martinez and Watkins will probably pan out to be better in in the future. But I think just for this year, I think Barkley changed the aspirations of every Villa fan. It's the first one in a long time that we can say that's a genuine statement slash marquee signing, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't had one of those for years, have you? What's the last one, do you think, Dan? Where you've actually got a bit moist. Well, <laughs> well, well since Alexander Tonev. Uh, Simon Dawkins? No. Uh, Didier Gath? No. Gabor Karalik? <laughs> and his festive pyjamas? I mean, Mark, it's been that long. I mean, who, who seriously would have been the last one? In all seriousness. I'd have said Darren Bent would have been the big hype yep. signing, wouldn't it? Mm. So we'll go Silver Martinez and we'll, uh, we'll give Ross Barkley the number one spot. Yeah. Right, in terms of, I mean, with Villa over the last few years, there's also been... Uh, Fucking exodus, isn't there? How the hell are we going to get rid of this plonker? That is one of the... Uh, Ongoing from problems. The, 
from the bomb squad onwards, it's always been, how do you get him off the wage bill? And we failed miserably with Henry Lansbury. But uh, in terms of the top three pieces of business, I think we're going for three here, aren't we? Yeah. Since we had about 25 goalkeepers, I think getting uh, Neeland off, I think we, well, we paid him off, didn't we? Yes. Was... Uh, <laughs> would that be considered... Don't slag off players. So I'll get Tyron Mings on to you. <laughs> uh, Ooh. But... Is that business? Because actually, we just paid off his contract and did a deal. So I don't think it is. Uh, like Hogan, we actually got, you know, we managed to get uh, some, uh, hopefully we got some kind of money for him. It was a kind of Rumpelstiltskin's style, style deal, wasn't it? Yeah. But I think no, I think Samata has to be number one. Oh, yeah. Because you sign him in January, you realise you've made a mistake. Big and then mistake. You still manage, Huge. You still, <laughs> you still manage to sell him and make some, not make money, but you get some money back We need for to check their so, not chocolate coins especially this time of year, because he was gash. <laughs> what did I tell you? I'm going to get Mings on to you. Two sorry, strikes. sorry, three one, strikes. One sorry. more strike, and I'm sending sorry, Mings sir, to sorry, your sorry, house. Sorry. I need to get back on the naughty. No, no, on the good list, on the good list. So uh, are we going Samata first? Yeah, I think be, Hogan second. Yeah. Who else have we sold? Uh, we got rid of Bree. So, you know, we got, but... got James Chester out the door. Yeah. <laughs> His contract ended. Uh, well, we'll go Neilan, but it's not really business because it's bad business if you've bought somebody for you know, is, how much was it? It was a good, good few million, wasn't it? Three million, four yeah, million, like four million quid, wasn't it at the time? And then uh, you just having to write that off. And uh, I mean, we we mentioned Martinez uh, earlier on. That I mean, the good news of Martinez was uh, it's almost like we went a transfer window without actually buying a goalkeeper. We've been buying. Been buying keepers in every transfer window. Hopefully, that is uh, that's the last time we'll buy, need to buy a new goalkeeper for for a good few years. We're stockpiling them like reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's move on to uh, <laughs> let's move on to biggest limbs moment of the season. And with this, by this, we mean in the moment where you just went mental. Yeah, you're not physical mental. limbs. Now, some of them won't be physical limbs because uh, obviously we weren't at the ground at that time. So I think the games that we're actually uh, at the ground will probably have a better chance in this one. Uh, what would you pick for your number three, Phil? Number three, I'm going Trezeguet versus Arsenal. Even though we weren't, even though we weren't at the ground, it was. We thought this might be on once he smashed that volley in, which is the hardest he's ever had a ball, and to this date. Uh, past Martinez who gets extra points for on his Villa career there for letting that in it was just it was it was the moment we started to believe you thought we might get out of this yeah because we we had just let two points slip against Everton mainly down to that uh, El Ghazi miss and you thought I think most fans thought we're not getting out of this are we because we had to beat Arsenal yeah for starters and then uh, had to go to West Ham so it's not looking great but that was the key moment I mean I, I put that above Grealish against West Ham because at the end of the day West Ham equalised straight away and it was deflected off Grealish what that Grealish moment gave you was uh, you staying up but the Trezeguet one we didn't expect to stay up at that stage we, we were pretty much down and that gave us like you know massive belief and we'd been saying all season that we hadn't taken a scalp of a so-called big team I mean, I felt strangely confident before that game, and I don't know what on earth that was based on. But you just thought, as soon as he scored, and the, 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 the bigger moment I thought in that game was the full-time whistle. I think if fans had been in the ground, it would have been a really big moment. But I think once you once you 
once we won that game, you thought, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna do this. You just thought the stars have aligned here. Yeah. Another results and yeah, exactly. happenings with, with Pearson was, going, yeah. it all suddenly uh, set up. And yeah, that would have been the game to be at Villa Park of the whole season. That oh, would the have ground been, would have exploded when that went in. That would have been monumental. So you've you've kind of uh, got to superimpose uh, a bit of imagination to what would have happened there. Because the reality is, you know, if Trezeguet doesn't score that goal, the, the Jack's goal against West Ham doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, so what's number two then? For me, it's Konza slash Mings v Watford. Yeah, because that that was when early doors. I mean, this is only like uh, a couple of weeks was it week, the year, wasn't it? Weeks after we'd lost Heaton and Wesley, yeah. and you're thinking we're we're in a big problem here. And this is when Watford were mincing teams to pieces, like they they hammered Liverpool out of nowhere. They beat 3-0. United, didn't they? As well, I think. Beat yeah. United, and we thought these see you and see you next Tuesdays are going to just. They're just going to get out of the relegation zone and disappear and leave us uh, languishing. So that was the significance of that win. And because it was in the last minute, that it was almost like having uh, been resuscitated from the dead. It was like an adrenaline shot. And to show how bad it was, we didn't win again in the league until we beat Palace. What's the number one limbs moment of 2020? Daniel? I know what mine is. It must be the same as yours, Daniel. Well, it had to be some matter in the cup final. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Trezeguet against Leicester, injury time. Yes. For me, that's a game. This, there was a subtext to that game. You know, we'd got to that semi final basically by beating under 23 teams uh, Wolves, Liverpool. Even the True. likes of Brighton and Crew were putting out shitey teams. <laughs> so that was the first test. And we actually built beat one of the. Let's say the better because you know they were in the top four places. At no, the they time. couldn't believe they lost to us. They couldn't. Yeah, they were the form yeah. team in the league at the time as well. And they'd wiped us, wiped us out twice in the league. Well, and, and Nyland had become Buffon over two legs. Well, yeah, special shout out to Nyland because that first half uh, miracles were performed. It was a proper. I mean, that was a good thing about it. It was a proper it was Villa Park night. Yeah, it was under the lights. <laughs> <laughs> It was the magic <laughs> under the lights, wasn't it? But you see, of two seasons worth of ability for one half. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I, our, our semi-final record at Villa Park in the League Cup—we've only ever lost once. Yeah, but we've won quite a lot, haven't we? Yeah, because I remember you were on uh, Talksport doing the preview for this game on the Sports Bar, and they—you know—they were basically mocking us. They were thinking we were going to take a beating, and you. Uh, flagged up that our record was very good and they were thinking yeah yeah right you know how many games and i think you said uh, more than you you know more than you'd expect and it was actually more more than even that double almost double figures i think it's like it is a surprising amount the last time we lost a home semi-final was in the 60s against chelsea yeah and then you know even when we're getting knocked out by the likes of bradford city <laughs> oh, you know we're i still, knew you were going i was waiting for the mention of bradford <laughs> we still uh, we still beat them at home so you yeah. know kept that record going but yeah i mean you know i was i was standing there thinking i was starting to pick my penalty takers uh, i have to admit luckily we hadn't signed watkins uh, <laughs> at that stage <laughs> <laughs> But uh, El Ghazi was around, I think. Well, it was, it was one of those ones, wasn't it, where the, the ball falls to El Mohamedy. I think, go on, stick it in the mixer, but you don't think he's going to deliver probably one of the balls of the season. Yeah. And Trezeguet, oh, actually, gets, yeah, and, and Trezeguet actually gets his foot on it and hits the target, which, as we Even found out remarkable. later in the year, didn't become a, didn't become a, a very uh, regular occurrence. But he buried, he buried it. Here's El Mohamedy. Swung right round to Trezeguet! 
It was an enticing uh, preview insight into what was to come in Project yeah, Restart. Yeah, big goals in big games, and that was the huge goal in a big game. And then good, good celebration that, that, that and was limbs, pitch invasion as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, you went ultimately directly from a celebrating an injury time winner to a pitch invasion celebration against Wembley, all in the space of like a minute. Yeah, it was just a mental evening. Considering how shocking we'd been in the league as well, to have that moment was amazing. And just final context: even though when we're struggling, and we we obviously did struggle last year, as we I think we mentioned uh, on a recent podcast, we're still getting to finals. We still get to we still get to Wembley, so we stay relevant even though. Uh, we haven't had the best of the last five years. Right, let's move on uh, to another little segment. Macy's commentary phrases that involve Aston Villa. I think we're paraphrasing on all of these, aren't we? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> Grealish goes down yet again. He really does draw those fouls. Trezeguet must surely score. Mistake by Mings. That could be costly, and it is. Where See, he's getting away with his mistakes nowadays. I think there's improvement there. They're not leading to goals. I've got a better keeper. That's yeah. Villa when Villa score. There's also there's always on on the commentary. There's always a pause of uh, about two minutes, and then they say, "Oh, hang on a minute, it's going to VAR." And then another pause of five. And minutes. then there's another like five minutes wait, and then it's like goal disallowed. So I think that's number one in terms of the most used commentary phrases. Got to be on it now. Is the VAR one Grealish getting a free kick? It's probably uh, number two. Trezeguet surely must score. <laughs> that's got to be number three. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's uh, let's hand it over to Mr. Phil Shaw, uh, one of the columns on My Old Man Said, which we resurrected recently. The good, bad and ugly. And let's do the good, bad and ugly of 2020. Mr. Phil Shaw, let's start with the good. Well, starting with the good, it wasn't the miracle on 34th Street, but it was the miracle on 35 points. That was the look on our rivals' faces. And when you just checked social media and they were deleting all their posts that had written us off, I mean, the feeling that that gave me will keep me warm all through this winter and for many a winter to come. (laughs) (laughs) To put it in a bit of context, if you just said before Project Restart that we would stay up, Despite not one of our strikers scoring a goal, not one, <laughs> Barely not having one. A shot. <laughs> yeah, well, Samara still hasn't had a shot with his foot. No away <laughs> win, only one goal from Captain Jack, and at one point being seven points adrift, and an eight goal worst goal difference in Watford. I mean, it's it's the stuff of legend. It's not a good legend, but it's the stuff of like. Oh, yeah, I hump? think it's underestimated. Uh, we haven't really because because of the what happened, we went straight into uh, the next season because of the COVID thing. We didn't really have that three months to uh, digest what we'd just pulled off there because it was real Houdini, Houdini stuff. No, I mean, just moving on to the bad. I mean, the amount of earnings that every individual error from a Villa player in 2020 will cost me in future therapy bills is, is off the chart. <laughs> I mean, seriously, no team shoots themselves in the fo- on the foot on the pitch as much as Villa have from defensive lapses from Mings, Konza, Hawes. Just pick anybody on the pitch. And goes. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm, I'm not mentioning Bjorn, and no, no. I mean, that, and, I think I mentioned in the uh, the last show when when we were looking at those last three uh, defeats, mm-hmm. where we'd only actually we'd restricted the our, our opposition to just nine shots on target, and eight of them have actually gone in. And the fact uh, that defensively we're pretty, I think, as a team, as a unit, in terms of the midfield and also you know restricting and kind of controlling teams. We're pretty good, but it, as Phil's just said, it's those individual errors that mm. actually let them in. I mean, we only have to think back to Arsenal away last oh, season. I mean, oh, 
I know. So just just yeah. warming you up, warming you up for the ugly here. <laughs> Group Give therapy. us the ugly. Give us the ugly. Oh no, the the, the ugly is actually a bit entertaining at the minute because if you look at the the sheer desperation of the traditional top six, I mean, you look at Arsenal and their and their impending relegation. You look at Man United <laughs> and Ed Woodward and just his just disastrous efforts at running the club. And then you start to look higher up the table at Liverpool, Klopp, whinging and moaning about everything, five subs, fixture congestion, blaming blaming the, the sh- fixture schedule and the broadcast companies, blaming Chris Wilder for everything. And it just shows you that the, the traditional, what you call them, the, the top five or the top six, the sky six, they're, they're rattled. So it can only be a good thing. The more weapons that we hand out to the big boys, you know, the more desperate they're going to be to cling on to what power they have left. So it's only going to get uglier and uglier. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. try their Euro Super League and I don't know what rule they're going to come up with next. They're already saying like VAR has to disallow every fill of goal or penalty. <laughs> so... We're halfway yeah, there. I mean, when you're talking about the whippings that, that we're dishing out to the big boys, I just hope that Manchester United are on that list. Oh, yeah, man. That will be a Merry Christmas. Yeah. On to the next section, please, David. Let's move on to uh, number four of the top five players of 2020 that aren't Jack Grealish. Another new boy, straight in. Maybe he got a few votes because he had a good game against Wolves. Mr. Martinez, anything to say about him? We've already uh, said a little well, bit about yeah, him. You know, arrived with hype and then on his debut saved a penalty and you thought, oh, well, we've got a, a really good player here. I, I was quite excited that he was coming because he had won the charity shield with Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and do you know what? It's, it's rare for Villa to get a, a real, like a, a clearly a very good player, but in the peak of their form as well. I think our Arsenal dropped an absolute bollock selling they him, did, really. And I mean, we've got ourselves an international goalkeeper. I mean, that's who, who hasn't played for an international team yet. He plays for a he plays for a proper international. Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, he'll be there. He's just so he's, just, he's always got a smile on his face. He's just so happy to escape is, is a relegation battle. We haven't broken his will yet. Yeah, <laughs> he's bright as he's bright as well. It's it's yeah. a toss up between him and Al Ghazi for who can speak the best English in the whole Villa squad. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, rumor has it that he that he also won the FA Cup with Arsenal. It's a minor achievement. That's that secondary trophy. Not not just the charity shield. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. 
Shopify.com slash work. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> right. So <laughs> looking back on 2020, in terms of the most costly injury of the year, I think you throw, I mean, McGinn seem, seems to have been injured a lot, but he, he kind of came back, but was a kind of a ghost of his former self until he uh, he kind of got up to speed when this uh, new season kicked off. But I think if you're looking for the most costly injury, it's a, it's a toss up. And th- these two fundamentally uh, led us to where we, you know, led us to a relegation battle, I, I would say. It's Wesley and Heaton, both in that Burnley game when Villa were like struggling for a bit of form. And then that Burnley game, it, they came alight. I mean, that Grealish goal, the build up to it, you just thought, hang on a minute, happy days, you know, good start to the new year. If we play like this, we should be all right. The and first then- half in general. Really, yeah, then really within 90 minutes, you suddenly, you know, Wesley was seemed to have uh, found some kind of uh, sparkle. It completely changed the narrative of the season, didn't it, in, in, a, in about half an hour? Yeah. And there you are with a bit of uh, optimism for 2020. And then suddenly, I mean, it was the it was the clue that the global pandemic was coming when uh, Wesley and Heaton were out for, for the season. But if you have to uh, choose one or the other in terms of the worst and most costly injury of 2020, which one are you going for, Heaton or Wesley? I'd go with Heaton. Wesley for me. I'm going Wesley as well. Uh, only on the basis where we were impotent up front. The second he was injured. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Wesley as well. Yeah, because he had just discovered how to play football. It was such a shame. Because that led to some matter coming. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> the thing about the Wesley one as well, a serious point, it was such a bad challenge as well, and it didn't really get the press at the time. It's only no. really, I think there's been a bit of reverse, um, sort of retrospective stuff with the with the Van Dyke injury, where I think people have rightly pointed out that Wesley, you know, got, got the full brunt, if you like, of that type of challenge. I mean, that was like a career-ending tackle. Oh, it could yeah. easily have been a lot, lot worse. That you know, you know his momentum was yeah. going the right way. So fortunately, his leg didn't buckle these as well. I mean, the, the the only two positives from each of those injuries uh, with the Heaton injury, the positive was we got to see uh, that Pepe Reina celebrational dance in the changing room <laughs> after surviving. And with the Wesley injury, the positive I would take from it was we got the hashtags "Big Man" and the "Big Man's coming back." Big Man back soon. Big Ben back soon as well. Can't wait. So, and, and just those hashtags suddenly just you know blanked everything that's happened in the past. And I'm suddenly excited for Wesley to come back. The thing with Wesley is, is that we, we haven't yet seen so much of him. And you think that when he, when he did get injured, he was just starting to, to suggest he was a footballer. So, yeah. you know, finding his feet, wasn't he, in the game? Yeah. So. You know, I remember that Grealish interview when uh, I think it was that little Mo kid who asked him who was the uh, like the toughest and hardest player in training, and uh, Grealish said Wesley. He said he's mental. Yeah, he's training. <laughs> he takes it you know super seriously, and he so if he, he just because he's built like a shit house, so if he takes that into uh, the game, because he was you know we we made a joke, probably one of the funniest moments of the podcast when I was ranting about him playing dead. And you think, well, he was barely touched. And, he, mm. and his teammates actually thought he was going to get stretched <laughs> off and taken straight to emergency, and then he just gets up. So he actually played dead so much that he didn't even let his teammates in on it. And But you, you see the you know physicality of the player, and he, you know, he's calling himself a big man. But if he lives up to that and plays a bit more like old school number nine, no bullshit, then suddenly Smith's got the extra dimension because he can put Watkins out to the wing. 
another option, and, and he isn't immediately. I mean, this has always been the problem with Villa, and particularly with like last tactical year. switches, all as the well. pressure like, on him as well. He won't have that this time. Yeah, he can play two up top. He can uh, he can put Wesley. Uh, sorry, he can put Watkins out to, to the wing if there's an injury of one of our wide two players. Up two up top. Suddenly, there's there's so much more tactical uh, potential with Wesley coming into the uh, the picture that and then we can have the uh, we can have the hashtag big Wes super sub anyway, if he <laughs> yeah if he if he starts as a sub as well but also yeah from the bench he's suddenly uh, you've got something to bring on anyway uh, let's uh, move on to uh oh controversial one this one uh top Grealish covid-19 stroke lockdown faux pas i mean there's been so many where where do we start this could be a podcast <laughs> in itself <laughs> I mean, I thought you know after the big bomb drop of uh, doing doing an NHS video, preaching to the nation and playing on your newfound celebrity. I thought the big uh, bomb drop was another video. There's many ways you can describe that one, <laughs> uh, but I think this was the uh, the one that you would say is a serious faux pas. Because uh, I mean, there was it was multifaceted, but the first thing was I mean, the main thing to me. I mean, I, I'm not that bothered about what footballers do in their you know private lives, and it's not a problem as, as long as you play on the pitch. But you know, this was a different matter. This was the, like the whole nation, the whole world in a situation, and you have somebody preaching, and this is like to kids and people who would consider a football player as a role model, and just lying to them essentially. Yeah, it, it wasn't as fan as star at all. No, so I'd say that's number one. Then uh, fluffy slippers, sliders. Oh, that uh, it with one slider. I mean, that's 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 the the footwear is another contender. That's so. What have we got? We've got the uh, the NHS piss take. We've got the sliders. Then we've got the piss poor parking, pissed and poor parking. Cornish pasty haircut as well. Don't forget that was his comeback, wasn't it? That was the uh, that was Shocking. that was the project restart launch haircut. Lasted one game. That's why we've disqualified him from uh, the best top five players of the year because he he basically got disqualified for the Cornish pasty haircut. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got a certain uh, hotel incident. <coughs> also. That's have we got the slide whistle in it? Yeah, we need another musical <laughs> instrument for the for what was going on in the in the hotel room at that time. I think you need a kazoo, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd put that at number two. I'd put NHS disrespect number one. His new girlfriend <coughs> number two. What are you going for number three? Driving, parking, driving offences has to be pretty <laughs> high up the list. Isn't <laughs> on the piss and piss poor parking. That's number three. Right. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Let's just talk about swiftly here each other's individual highlights of the year 2020, which for most people was a bit of a nightmare. But highlights in a villa context, Mr. Bud, you you kick off. Well, I enjoyed the uh, our predictions. You know, we, we had them in the year we got promoted as well, but this year we managed to get a few core because as well. Now we are, you know we predicted the two one Leicester win, um, and uh, in know, the in the cup. In the cup, yeah, the night before when they'd written us off, and then went on Talk Sport again a bit later in the year and. Uh, and said, you know, I f- firmly believed before Arsenal we'd beat Arsenal and draw on the last day to stay up. And lo and behold... Yeah, we only mention this because uh, occasionally we get invited on the sports bar, which is probably the only thing on TalkSport that we actually say yes to because it's a bit of late-night uh, shenanigans. And uh, But you, we were involved in conversations where they, they take, they're kind of... The undertone is you get, in, you get knocked out 
in the in respect to the Leicester game, and then the undertone of the uh, the relegation conversation was you are getting relegated. But the best one was uh, I think when you were on Chris and they were uh, saying, "So you really think that you're going to beat Arsenal? You really think that?" Just like undermining you, and you said, "Yeah, I firmly believe it." Next day, Bing Bang Bosh done. Villa stayed up, and then of course we went on the night after West Ham, and they went, "Oh, well, surely Grealish is leaving." And then we predicted, "No, he's not." Yeah, we actually told him uh, he wasn't leaving as well. And we said he'd sign a new contract and probably get about 100 grand a week. People getting paid lots of money for having no knowledge. We give them everything and get paid for call. <laughs> Something wrong in the universe. We've got to change that in 2021. Hmm. Uh, Phil, what's your uh, individual highlights uh, from in a villa verse from 2020? Yeah, my highlight was the the real survival Sunday. It wasn't the survival Sunday where we drew a West Ham to stay up. It was the one before that. I mean, when all it's always darkest before the dawn. When all hope was lost after that one each against Everton, you were just sitting there thinking, "Am I, am I even going to bother watching the matches that are still to, to come?" Then you hear Watford have just decided to self-destruct and sack Nigel Pearson with two games to go, and then uh, Bournemouth turned down a very presentable opportunity to get points against Southampton at home, and you just thought to yourself, "That's it. That, that that's the moment." It's on. It's it's in our it's own hands on. again. And then yep, when, it when is on. Watford Flowered got dismantled up. by it's Man City on. as well. Yeah, it is on. And that to me, that that Sunday just they always say it's the hope that kills you, but for once it, it didn't yeah. kill us. It's on uh, is a track from Flowered Up from the early nineties. Check it out, Dave. What about yours? Ravy Manchestery type vibes. Uh, I would say Smith's defensive re rethink. I mean, there's a. Uh, this kind of uh, fallacy that Grealish kept uh, Villa up, but it's a team game, and Smith's uh, defensive rethink was uh, a massive factor of that. But probably the main thing, the kind of highlight of uh, 2020 in terms of a Villaverse, was there's all these random Egyptians on social media calling Trezeguet their, their son and Prince Trezeguet as if he's some kind of mythical being. And our early uh, interpretations was, you know, he's more of a uh, kind of a non-entity. But then suddenly when we were in our hour of need, A, he gets us into a cup final, arriving at the back post. He arrives at the back post again to shoot down uh, Crystal Palace, scores a goal you'd never expect to him against Arsenal. And, you know, between him and that defensive reshuffle, uh, that's why we stayed up. And, you know, you've got to take your hats off to Trezeguet, even though he uh, had seven chances against Brighton this season. <laughs> <laughs> Failed fail to score any of them. Mm, Twenty-one to date. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's only a, a, he's only our son when it's even years. You know, maybe that's uh, a thing. It, it gave an inkling that we can beat these teams. I think that Leicester game, which kind of feeds into what we've been doing this season. So, in terms of giving the the team confidence, you know, when they took on the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal and Leicester again this season. We knew that we can beat these teams if we uh, get our shit together. So, singular moment is probably that Trezeguet uh, winner in uh, the semi-final. Dan? Uh, I think, without wanting to echo some of the things that have already been said, I think the coming back against all the odds when it felt like our season and our, our, our solitary Premier League season was was going to slip away from us, and it was in such a very unvilla like fashion as as what David was just saying, and and we completely changed and we pulled results out of the hat that we never thought was possible. Whilst also, you know, we spoke earlier in this podcast about shooting ourselves in the foot. Everton sticks in my mind that you know that that felt like the the away win that we needed only to concede yeah. late late on, and I think then having stayed stayed up to 
act with some intent in the transfer window whilst many clubs we were talking earlier about some of the top teams are flailing around in the transfer market, but actually many teams in the Premier League come in with lots and lots of money now. And I thought we did really well in this in, in the in the summer transfer window, which was shorter than most. Yeah, we did great, isn't it? Um, and over the season, watching Grealish and um, Grealish and Louise's development thereafter, with with some side benefits really that we see these tin pot clog dancers who own a bankrolled clubs like Bournemouth get crash out of the league bye bye Eddie Howe's myth see ya and still love this kind of bugbear you've got about Eddie Howe being a myth poxy. well look where he is now um, and you know that same everybody trapped. else is saying oh yeah future England manager blah 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 and you just come along, swoop in and go, myth. Nah. <laughs> nah. Um, and that same trap door that sw- swallowed up those clog dancers uh, took Troy Deeney with it as well. So there are some things that are sweet. You can slide Goodbye. on your knees in front of the Holt End all you want. Enjoy championship life. It's, it's only Aston Villa that could actually take advantage of a global pandemic and use <laughs> no. it to good effect. I'm surprised we haven't been producing gloves and masks secretly in the basement. <laughs> Right, in terms of lowlights uh, of 2020 in in the Villa context, I mean, there's all kinds of things, isn't there? I mean, just that feeling that you're going to get relegated after going through three seasons in the Championship, failing in one playoff, getting through, and then it's like, what was it all for? And we can't suddenly go back. We were taking pelters from all other clubs, and, uh, you know, even Wolves had a great season, so the whole mind the gap thing was uh, rubbing us up and Leeds were basically saying they were going to swap with us. We were being derided as well for having spent lots of money when actually yeah. it was a huge squad rebuild and, you know, that team was, was very competitive early doors, but that doesn't carry you through a season, does it? I think that the fact that we managed to just survive last season's remarkable, you know, and it, it's the springboard to hopefully do what we can do now. And as you said, David, you, you saw th- there was suggestion of what, with a bit of time and a bit of investment and a bit of patience that Villa Villa could kick on and do. And hopefully yeah. what we're seeing that this season, I do think. I mean, you, you could say that the cup final is a disappointment, but I thought, you know, I mean, it was all pretty I'm sure, predictable. Wasn't it? Yeah, but half the fans were going there. And if we got beat 4-0 by Manchester City, yeah. you'd have you'd have said, oh, you know, no surprise there. So I, yeah. the fact that we were actually, we got back in the game, Thank you very much, Samata. And then actually hit the post. It could have been a equaliser. You want to go to Wembley and you want to see your team in in the game until the end. And mm. I think we did that. And so I walked away there and I, I was quite content because it could have been, you know, a nightmare considering how we were playing. Yeah, I mean, mine would just be that the six-one absolute dismantling by City. You know, we'd been in quite a few games against the big teams, but that was the not the, the only time we got battered. But that was probably the, the occasion when we just got absolutely destroyed didn't we 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 didn't even look like we were in the game from minute one did you think though as well it was I think that's probably one of the worst tactical decisions that Smith's made and I do think he learnt from that that he dropped drink water in there his his biggest mistake was probably not taking him off in the first half probably in the first half you know because it I mean, he's... He never he never blooded him really. he never gave him (sighs) game time and then you're playing him against probably the best midfield in the country well he got it was a humiliating display for Drinkwater in the whole team, really. And, uh, you know, we might have lost 6-1 anyway, but Drinkwater was zeroed in. He was an easy target for the press. And it, it, but to be yeah. fair, I mean, we most fans would cut him slack because they thought, what's he doing there? He's only just, he hasn't played oh, yeah, for fucking yeah, Youngs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I think it was such a clangor from Smith overall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's like low light singular moments. I mean, you, you could... Uh, point to players but players do make mistakes you know whether it's Engels or Ghazi. 
Phil's big bugbear is that uh, Engels. Uh... I'll, I'll I'll never Engels owes me. Whenever Engels gets, whenever Engels, <laughs> he's not welcome. Gets us a point. He's not welcome in Northern Ireland. Yeah, or gets us a win. That, that's fine. I'll, I'll let it go. But <laughs> and if I had to relive it, we're watching it in the stupid Amazon documentary as well. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I could go on all night. Just what I mean. This is the thing. It was, it was the, in his mind. It's like even if he trapped the ball, what was he going to do with it? That, that's the only thing I keep saying. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. That's good. I don't know. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> uh, the January winder. I thought was a bit piss poor, which we've already yeah. said. And the Man United one. You know, we, when we lost in Project Restart, we'd had that sort of sticky yeah. start where we drew the first couple, and then we had a couple of defeats. But then we played United, didn't we? And we got absolutely battered. And that was the game where where we sat in match club and thought we were all just like we're down. It's it was the one like where we thought the heads had gone, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like group mm. therapy that night. Mm. Everybody was so down because it, it just looked inevitable at that point. But a lot of things collided in that game. That we we started really well, and there was that incredible penalty decision that went against yes. us. Yeah, and so you had lots of one. things like VAR, poor refereeing. Um, you know, it felt like that because Man United weren't doing particularly well at the time. It felt like, well, you know, this is where we might be able to fashion a win at Villa Park, and it felt like the wheels came off, but that we were. What's the word? I remember feeling quite aggrieved that I don't think we'd had a fair crack at that game. And as I say, once our heads had gone, it became a three nil win when it needed to. Uh, sorry, three nil defeat when it when yeah. it needed to have been. So yeah. it's funny to look back on actually. Yeah, I mean, for me, probably my lowest uh, moment of the year was conceding two goals against Liverpool when we when we hammered them seven two. Not, not getting double figures. It's just, you you mm-hmm. just want you want seven nil. It's like I remember going back to Graham Taylor days when uh, we were six nil up against Everton and we let them get two back. And it just you know it takes a tarnish off. You just want to hammer them. You know, six nil, seven nil. I'm kind of semi joking. I mean. I did at that point. I said, "Get to seven because it's an abnormal score. Six two. It's you know it's <laughs> been done before. Get to seven. That's different. Get to ten. Get to, yeah. We could have got to ten. Oh, yeah. got Eleven. <laughs> more. More. <laughs> Give me more. Right. I think it's time for uh, number three in the top five players of the year that aren't Jack Grealish and voted in to number three was uh, our son. Mr. Trezeguet. I think the fact of his contribution to keeping us up with his goals against Crystal Palace and Arsenal earn him that. And also at the start of this season, just his effort and work rate. Mm. I mean, as we've discussed before, a Sunday league player can have great work rate and run around, run around. There has to be end product and that needs to be... uh, Trezeguet needs to show something more because, uh, I mean, there was some howling, you know, he takes some chances, we beat Brighton, it's simple as that. But when he took the chances, you can see the effect it has. I mean, we we has, we got out of relegation because he took his chances last at the end of last season. We scored massive goals in big games and that can't, you know that can't be underestimated. Yeah, and and I think it was he was a player at a time where those hit, where, where the morale was probably ebbing where he he was not one of those players was he that he you could Smith became sorry Smith began to rely upon him to be the energy to be the yeah the the engine where you know the reality was you know the McGins of this world weren't you know firing yeah. on, all, on all cylinders if if we're very honest and neither, neither was Grealish really and it, and as as we said you know he scored the important goals and I mean ultimately kept gave kept, us some pep didn't he, he didn't he and he kept yeah. Algarzi at the team as well you know there were there were misses and there was effort question mark should we say against uh, careful how I phrase it or the El Ghazi fan club will come steaming in on me um, but but what we saw was that, that Trezeguet earned the right to be in the first 11 at that point you know he, he yeah. really did and, and kept you know it was a huge part of why we stayed in the division 
Yeah, yeah. There's there's much better players that have played mm. for Villa in our history, and will probably come through our doors. It won't, won't have half as an important impact as Trezeguet's had. So yeah, and also he has to play because his social media numbers are so big that <laughs> so the club <laughs> can't about afford engagement. <laughs> the club can't afford to drop him at this stage, right? And maybe Trezeguet falls into this category as well. Most improved player of 2020 who needed to improve, and these all actually turned out good. I think let's choose three. I want gold, silver, bronze out of these four. Konza, Trezeguet, Target, Louise. Number three, I would give Trezeguet. Yeah, I would go with that one as well. Yeah. Dan? I think... We're just choosing bronze. Are we choosing our, th- our bronze upon at the moment? Yeah, the bronze. Um, See if we can do an unanimous. Yeah, I'm going to go with Trezeguet for the bronze. Right, who's silvering? I'm going Konza for yeah, silver. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I know who I want number one. Well, not who I want, but who I think. Yeah, uh, I think we're all on the same page. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going Konza, Konza too as well. Silver for me, yeah, yeah. Because he, because Mings, apart from his, you know, one gaffer game, mm. you know, he is of a level. He's a top draw mm. Premier League centre back. And Konza, if Mings is the all action guy, you needed that kind of smoother Rolls Roycey type guy. You know, whether it's James Chester, Rio Ferdinand, that kind of player that can do the uh, nitty-gritty but also can play a little bit as well. And he can get a goal. Just beat me to it there. And mm-hmm. he's actually adding that threat at the other end as well. Yeah, so, yeah. it's, it's and Konza as well. I think it's that trajectory where when we were a bit ropey and the defence was heaving goals, you looked at a Konza and you thought, I'm not sure. But with, with game time, his, yeah. his progression and his improvement has been... His development, his all-round development has been, um, there's been so many occasions now where you, you actually look up and you think, when he does something, and you think, wow, this is a, um, you know, from the what I perceive to be a safe purchase for, of a promising player from Brentford, I think we've got a real talent on our hands. And somebody contributed big time in the defensive reshuffle uh, project yeah, restart. Definitely. So number one, Mr. Douglas Louise from me. Yeah, yeah. agreed. He's a superb footballer. I mean, he's probably the one of the, especially those early games. Uh, that was when suddenly Villa fans were like switching on, going, "Wow, this this is a completely different player." Because he got the headlines with a couple of great strikes uh, earlier in the season, which it's all right for YouTube uh, highlights reels. But in terms of if you're watching the full ninety minutes, well, he wasn't really doing his job, was he? he yeah, was, he, he, yeah. Was, he was having the Hollywood moments. Which your number six isn't always there to do. Yeah, but he actually wasn't doing the simple things very uh, well. I mean, I just want one one last comment. I mean, I I, I think Luis is could could go on to be you know a real world class uh, yeah. centre midfielder. I think just to contrast him with a player who was marketed as G- Gavin McCann. <laughs> no, better, better. Um, Carlos Sanchez, who was marketed as being oh, this yeah. silky yes. smooth South American footballer who in very brief glimpses suggested that, but looked completely overrun, not just at Villa, but at West Ham too. But, um, and you look at Louise, who's obviously younger. He was good in the World Cup, though. <laughs> well, it's a classic. Look, looks great against Iran. So good um, in that, <laughs> um, but, but I think Louise, I mean, it's no surprise to me, and it's completely deserved that he's, that he's in the Brazilian setup now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's been it's never happened. Uh, Villa have never no. had a Brazilian uh, international, which is uh, it's always a good look. Put it that way. Yeah, he's he's become like the epitome of that summer round of transfers with you know this big overhaul, and especially with like, a lot of the international players who came in from you know all corners of the globe. That he just had to settle, you know, in the area. Well, and there the was language. yeah, because he, I mean, he was young. Football and the yeah, pace young. of the game, he had so much overhaul, and from where he'd been playing previously and the pace of the game, and then. 
he saw little glimpses of what he could do and little touches and you thought, oh, there's definitely a player here, but he was just so up and down and his individual errors. But once he sort of found his role in the team, he just, he made that role his own. And certainly in the early stages of Project Restart, he was the standout player, wasn't he? Well, you, you had a situation where it's it's kind of a battle of who knows more. And the situation was Villa's recruitment team had bought these players that, you know, Louise, what, 21, Konza, 22, Target's young. And these were players that were going to grow with the club and grow in the Premier League. Meanwhile, these pundits getting paid thousands of pounds to actually have knowledge just wrote it off. They didn't actually analyse or look at it and think, actually, these are young players. They're buying these you know, to grow and mainly for the future. So in two or three seasons, they're going to have like a rock-solid team of these players that have played a few seasons and they're talented footballers. I thought the key for, the key for me with Louise quite early on was um, one thing that made me stop and take note you like, and it wasn't, wasn't reflected in Louise's early performances for the reason that we said, but it was Guardiola's public reaction to having lost him. Yeah. that I found very interesting because it wasn't the kind of comments that he was making wasn't, you know, always a promising player who said, you know, quite generic. He, he would look visibly annoyed to have to have lost a player. And I get that now, you know, that you could, if he was playing for Manchester City in midfield, he wouldn't look out of place at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. you get the chance to see that next season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. Boom, oh, boom. True. And we'll have Gary Just Gardner all, back or someone like that. Hopefully, Just open open that open that wind up early. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Louise, uh, most improved player of 2020. To be continued, part two of the my old man said unapologetic and dysfunctional Christmas Villa special coming soon. If you haven't become a my old man said patron, uh, please do. Join us uh, for the year 2021, where you'll get access to uh, Match Club and also uh, something a little extra. We're revamping uh, the extra shows that you get, and there'll be a whole uh, channel, new channel, to provide you with a show once the technicalities uh, get sorted out. Look out for that, and please do uh, go to myomansaid.com, check it out, and join us uh, for the new year. I love the lamest bells ever. <laughs> you can't see what they're strapped to. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans.